Logistics is transforming our lives and the way we do business in today's ever-changing economy. If your company or community thrives on the quality of your logistics, then we'll give you a peek behind the curtains to the topics and people who are driving this exploding industry. You're listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast, produced by Global Trade Magazine and sponsored by the World Economic Development Alliance. You can listen to all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com or join the thousands that have downloaded our app in the Apple iTunes Store. Now, here's our publisher and our host, Eric Kleinsorge. Eric Kleinsorge. Hello and welcome to all of our Global Trade Logistically Speaking listeners. Boy, do we have a good one in store for you today. Today, we have a special topic that I'm sure all of you will relate to. With today's global trade marketplace constantly shifting and evolving, how do you stay on top of compliance regulations, operational efficiencies, classification security trade agreements, and many other factors that affect your day-to-day operations and success? Let's face it, you can't do it all by yourself. You need to identify a collaborative team with the right tools to help map out the right direction and keep your company on a forward and upward growth path. Today, we truly have a treat for you. We've invited Anand Raghavendran. How do we say that? Okay. It's Anand Raghavendran. And again, as you know, uh, I tell everyone that I talk to, 20 years in this country, I've heard enough variations of it. So feel free to say the way you want, but it's Anand <laughs> Raghavendran. <laughs> well, Anand... You're the president and CEO of GT Connect. You have a bachelor's of engineering degree from, is it Anna or is it Anna University? It's Anna University. Anna University in India and a master's degree in business administration from the beautiful Pepperdine University. Your company, GT Connect, has over 30 years of experience and has been doing or has been building global trade management solutions for almost two decades. You've been helping some of the world's most trusted brands manage their compliance in global trade management space, and I'm excited to be able to share some of your knowledge and expertise with our listeners today. Anand, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Again, And let me take this opportunity to first say hello to everybody that's listening, and thanks for taking your time uh, to hear me talk. Uh, it's wonderful. Yes. Absolutely. Anand. You've been known as quite an innovator and pioneer in the global trade management software space. And you started out as senior manager with UPS Supply Chain Solutions and then moved into the VP of Operations with ISSI. Can you share a little bit of how that experience has helped pave the way for what I would consider insightful leadership there at GT Connect? Absolutely. Actually, I'm going to reverse the roles. You know, I I was the VP of operations of ISSI before I started working for UPS as a senior manager because, you know, ISSI became part of UPS. So that's how I ended up uh, working for UPS. Uh, But again, you know, that's that's, as I said, about uh, 20 years of my journey in global trade, 22 years of journey in global trade. And I've learned a lot over the years working with different types of uh, industries, different companies, as you said most recognizable brands to somebody who is running a two, three person operation. I've seen there, been there, done that. And that's given the experience uh, to understand how business operates because uh, for us to be able to deliver good products, you need to have uh, 
an in-depth understanding of how things work. And that is the experience that I gained over the 20 years of uh, working with those two companies. And that kind of translates into what we do today at GT Connect. Yeah, you know, and I think that's so important in today's world. You know, when you're working with a company, they actually have experience in that space. And, and I think that's something just that you alluded to, that you really bring the hands-on approach and what needs to happen. And you can kind of see it through the eyes of your customers that are experiencing those problems today. Would you say that's correct? That's absolutely right. And again, you know, for me, right, it's not just to me. It's, uh, you know, uh, a successful company uh, runs based off of uh, the, the team that is uh, behind the company. So I have a great team and, you know, we all uh, share the same perspective. We look at every problem from the customer's perspective, understand, uh, you know, the, the realities in the ground before we can put something into place. And that's kind of what drives the entire culture of our organization uh, to kind of, you know, uh, bring that whole thing into a perspective on how we do things. So, Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you give us a little background on GT Connect. Share with our listeners some background on the company and some of the products and services you, you deliver. Absolutely. Again, as, as I said, you know, I went to UPS uh, through a transition, uh, through an acquisition, and I was uh, with them for a few years. And then, you know, I left UPS around 2000, 2007, 2008 time frame and, and kind of uh, started GT Connect, uh, uh, where because, you know, we had great experience uh, and knowledge doing global trade management software and uh, realized we could uh, make still make an impact and a difference in the marketplace with uh, newer tools and uh, solution sets. And that's how GT Connect came into existence. Our journey into the global trade arena after the acquisition came with a small module, uh, you know, which is called as uh, Importer Security Filing, which is a security initiative that was launched in around 2009 timeframe. And that is when the, the first module of GT Connect was launched. So that was the only, only solution set that we had for a couple of years. But from there on, we have grown into a fully mature, fully functional global trade management software platform, which covers, you know, as uh, your introduction said, right, all the different problems faced by the practitioners of uh, global trade, things like transaction management, import-export processing, free trade agreements, foreign trade zone processing, security, so on and so forth. So we, we do have a 360-degree view of uh, global trade, and we offer solutions to be able to manage all the different facets of global trade, if I may want to put it that way. Yeah, and that's so important. I go to so many uh, conferences, and I, I talk to other industry leaders about the, the changes in the global trade management space. And you've been doing it for some quite time. What are some of the current developments you're seeing in this area that might affect some of our listeners today? I'm going to start off uh, answering that question with two quotes. Okay, one is from Jack Ma, who we all uh, know, the founder of Alibaba. Right? Hey, he says, we should keep on going along the path of globalization. Globalization is good. When trade stops, war comes. That's his perspective. I'm going to give you a different perspective now. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries, making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. And this is uh, from our president. Okay, so, so that's uh, kind of, you know, as you can see, two conflicting 
ends, there are two conflicting views about uh, global trade. And that's so true about how the landscape for global trade looks today. It's dynamic, it's changing, and global trade is being disrupted. For good or for bad. I'm not taking a position on either side, but I'm just saying it's uh, so dynamic and it is uh, in a state where it is being disrupted. Things like, again, it's not one country. Again, as you know, the, 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 I think the most uh, talked about topic today is Brexit, right? So we have Brexit. Uh, we have you know, all the different tariffs and uh, programs that are being implemented on the U.S. side, the China tariffs, the steel tariffs, you know, the renegotiation of NAFTA, right? So trade is dynamic. Trade is changing. And, and you know, from my perspective, that is uh, probably the, the biggest event that's happening, right? So, but what this has done, actually, you know, I take it in a very positive way. All these changes is really created a, a, a situation where the practitioners of the industry who were generally not getting a, a recognition within their own companies, right, today are on the forefront. You know, the CEO wants to talk to the global trade manager saying, hey, what's going on with China? What is the impact? What is uh, going to cost us, right? This kind of uh, visibility never existed for people in global trade compliance. So, so I see that as a positive because it gives you opportunities as an individual, but also as an organization, it's kind of setting you up of what your future is going to look like in the next two years, three years, five years, because... Till this point, I think, you know, a lot of these companies were just reactive because it was slow going and, you know, there was not major effects. But with all these changes coming in, now I think they are coming to a, a realization that they have to take control. They have to be more proactive. And I see that as a positive as well for, for global trade industry. Did that kind of uh, level set uh, your thought process and uh, what you were talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you bring up a, a excellent point. It's it's way it's way in a company's interest to be proactive versus being reactive, and especially when there's positive trends in the marketplace. And and those trends can present tremendous opportunities. What are some of those trends that you're seeing as opportunities right now in the marketplace? Well, again, you know, all of these things that I talked about, right? Brexit. The protectionism uh, in terms of, uh, you know, tariff rates increase or, you know, adding products to control lists by, by countries, right? You know, every time uh, one country does it, it's immediately being retaliated by another country. So all of these, right, uh, open up opportunities are like, for example, all the trade agreements that are happening around the globe. It's not just here in the U.S., right? Every other country is looking at how they can partner with and work with other countries. For example, the TPP, unfortunately, you know, which uh, we couldn't be part of, but those other countries have already kind of, you know, enacted the TPP and they are moving forward with it. So all of these, right, these are the opportunities that are being created in the market for a company to expand their horizons, right? Uh, look at new market opportunities. Look at cost savings, uh, you know, by, by identifying the right supply chain. So those are uh, definitely opportunities that are being created by global trade, by the, these changes that are coming through global trade. Absolutely. So do you have a good example of maybe a company like a case study of someone that you've helped take advantage of some of these trends? 
Absolutely. Again, you know, the, the recent uh, steel tariffs, right? The, it's called Section 232 tariffs, uh, which, which uh, you know, were enacted recently where the, uh, the duty rates of uh, steel uh, products went up. So immediately companies were looking at companies traditionally who were never paying duties, where all of a sudden in, in a situation where they, they were hit by a huge uh, duty impact, which uh, they had never planned for. So then, you know, we worked with a few companies like that where we helped them set up a foreign trade zone uh, where they could bring in either, you know, because most of these, again, you know, were being exported. So they didn't want to take the duty impact, pay the duty and later go and work through drawback process to claim back the duty. So we helped them put the, you know, set up FTZ where, where they could use the zone to, uh, mitigate the duty effects. So things like that always happen. Like, you know, you know, this is something that we've always done, like a free trade agreement potential, a company to benefit from a free trade agreement potential. It's easy said than done because so the process is uh, uh, complex. You need to have uh, a solution system in place where you uh, have all of your supplier certificates and, you know, you need to analyze your bill of material, you know, the complex process, right? We have helped the companies uh, put systems in place where they, you know, it minimizes the workload. It makes their life easy. So, but again, you know, FTG is a, a recent example of how people really made the use of or took benefit of uh, an FTG to try to mitigate the risks coming out of, uh, you know, the, the section 301 duties or the section 232 duties. That's a good example. Yeah. So would you guys would you say you guys take a kind of a bird's eye perspective from above and take a look at all of these different trends, all of these different regulations, all of these different opportunities, and then dive in and take more of a ground level perspective and share with these companies how to implement that and move forward? Absolutely. Again, you know, you need to have both for what we do because you need to be at the at the forty thousand, fifty thousand feet level to get uh, get a view of the trends, uh, get the view of uh, what possibly could happen, uh, anticipate uh, to a large extent. Again, you know, we have to be proactive as well. At the same time, uh, when when these become reality, when when things uh, are really implemented, then we are at the ground level trying to find ways to help companies uh, work through these uh, realities. Again, you know, when, when these new changes with tariffs came in, right, people were scrambling for data. People were trying to find information. Those are some of the things where a provider like us can really step in and say, look, here is, uh, here is the data from the past, which you can use probably to drive your decision for the future. But you're right, you know, you have, we have to be at both levels, uh, traverse between the macro and the micro level to, to be able to uh, meet. Uh, the requirements of the market or even drive the requirements of the market sometimes because a lot of times people do not know what to anticipate or you know how to deal with the problem and so we kind of drive the direction what is right for them and how can they deal with the problem by providing solution sets absolutely so you you work with a ton of different different types of businesses large small all sorts of different types of customers is there one thing or, or, or are there a couple things you really see them focusing on and, and how do you see them actually reaching their goals? The trade industry is still a little evolving, if you may want to put it that way, right? There are still many, many companies. In fact, I was talking to a large retailer a couple of weeks ago and you know, I was shocked to hear them say, oh, we don't have any systems in place. We still try to use Excel spreadsheets uh, to manage our global trade. <laughs> So, so there is still, you know, that 
the end of the spectrum, you know, which is the predominant majority of how uh, our companies operate global trade. To the earlier point, right, so this is how trade was. The reason is everything was okay. You know, uh, trade was looked as uh, primarily a cost center. Uh, you know, they need to have a trade department just to make sure, you know, duties and taxes are paid if there are any. And that's, that's all their primary role was. Except, again, I'm not saying that's everybody, but that's kind of the predominant majority. With all this coming in, now companies have realized the importance. The companies have realized the need to be, you know, to have data, to be proactive, to kind of stay up on these changes. So the trade practitioners have started getting the respect that they deserve. And I think that is slowly shifting where now they have a voice. They are able to sit on the table and they are able to say, hey, in order for me to do this, this, and this, I should be able to looking at... Uh, these kind of tools, uh, you know, I need to be at conferences, I need to, uh, you know, uh, understand what is going on, I need, you know, we need to form industry organizations, whatever the case is, right? So they have a voice, and we kind of work along the voice, so we sometimes help them channel their uh, uh, presentations to, to top management saying, hey, for me to be successful, this is what we need, this is how we should be able to operate, and kind of, you know, we also form part of that uh, influence uh, because of uh, the the uh, changing landscape. Yeah, and I, I can see where your previous experience in the marketplace and in the industry is, is helping not just the management, but the people that are actually employing and, and doing what you say that needs to be done. And so you're, it's kind of a unique approach that you get to see both from a management level and the employee level or the manager level that's that's deploying what actions you're suggesting that they take place. Absolutely. Again, so we again as I, as I was saying, right? You know, data is important. Data is critical. We we try to work with all these people to help them find the right information, find the right data. That's one. And then you know, a lot of decision making in global trade. It uh, depends on uh, the global trade content that they have to depend on as well. And that's another area where, you know, we, we I think we are taking a leadership role when it comes to the market because, you know, we are looking at it as not just global trade content, but an ability for people to work closely with each other within the industry and consume uh, the, the latest, greatest uh, global trade content that's available from various countries. So that's another one where we kind of, you know, uh, push them in a direction where we say, look, here is, the, the most current information that's going to help you make your decision uh, in terms of what is going to be optimal, what is going to be right, uh, you know, what is going to be my impact. And also, so there are always going to be, you know, you, you earlier alluded to the challenges and you said classification challenges, valuation challenges, right? Those are some of the things where the global trade content that we provide really helps companies. So I think, I think you know, we kind of uh, create a mix of tools and the content that powers the tools and the collaborative space where it is not just the tools and the content, but also the knowledge and expertise of the industry that's brought together where people can, you know, tap into other people's experience and knowledge uh, to kind of uh, drive their success upwards. Yeah, you know, and I find that very interesting. Like, I've taken a, a personal interest. We just did a project or a, a story with Elon Musk, and he, he talks about adapting technology software and information with the human touch and how close those two are becoming how important it is and how fast that enables growth in, in our industry sectors uh, can you expand a little bit you, you guys have some pretty powerful software and products 
that you use to help make decisions also. Can you, can you dive into that a little? Sure. About 15 years ago, we, we didn't have the iPhone. Right? Nobody understood touch. Nobody understood, uh, you know, the ability to collaborate, uh, you know, uh, uh, the touch of a finger, right? And, and then in the last 15 years, that's again, you know, this is a perspective that I, it's my perspective. I think, you know, the last 15 years, we've evolved so much than we did in the last, uh, you know, 100 years in terms of technology. Absolutely. So technology is fast growing, right? Uh, you know, what, is, uh, what was a luxury, like, you know, three years, five years ago, it's become a, a necessity today. You know, that's, that's like, you know, basic expectations have gone up. You know, I, I make this joke quite often, right? You take a phone, give it to a six-month-old, they immediately know how to play and adapt to it. So, <laughs> so the generation that's coming behind us, right, they are already used to that kind of a thing. So you need to be now... If you are going to be successful in the market, you need to adapt to that. You, you need to think in not only from, and, and you know, it's, it's a unique uh, situation for people who are in the technology industry today because we now have to adapt to two ends of the spectrum. People uh, that, that are technologically challenged because a lot of those people exist as well, even in professions that we operate. Right? And people who are upcoming, who really take these things for granted, it's for them, you know, their expectation levels are, hey, it should already be touched. Why are you not, you know, doing it, right? You cannot go to somebody who is, uh, you know, 25 year old and say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give you a, a touch based uh, uh, input. They are looking at you saying, you know what, you have no clue how world operates. So we, we have to balance between these two, you know, for, for what we are trying to do. And you know, in, on top of it, right, that's the technological challenge. Everything has to be now and everything has to be right. So those are the two expectations. You know, I need the right information and I need it now. And that is the challenge that I'm trying to solve with uh, what we are trying to do, you know, giving access and ways on how people can manage and maintain right information, which is available to them on demand uh, to the level where it, you know, really helps them with their decision making. Yeah, if I'm a listener out there today, and um, what advice could you give a company that's trying to ascertain or, or decide if a company with your type of abilities and services, when do they know it's time to make that jump and, and partner with a company like yours? It's always time. You know, there is, there is not going to be a, a, a situation where you say, this is time, okay? This, this is, uh, you know, if you are running a global trade operation, you need to have the right access to the right tools and the right content. Uh, so that's important any day. You know, for again, you know, we could go back and we could talk to people who were importing, you know, probably some widgets from China that were duty-free about uh, a year ago. And, you know, if you had talked to them, they would have said, oh, why should I care? I pay zero duty and, you know, I pay my broker to do all my stuff and I really don't worry about it today. Those are the very same companies now trying to really understand, hey, why am I, you know, being charged so much? How can I be competitive? Uh, you know, how can, what are my ways to manage this more efficiently, right? So it is, you should not wait for the right time because, you know, now is the right time. You need to have access to good tools, access to good content for you to be able to make the right decisions and make it proactively, which is, again, the key that to stress the point, decision-making it was laid back and reactive, but now it's a changing dynamic. You know, when, when you know, we, we're not, we don't know what's going to happen with the Brexit, right? You know, we're still looking at the no-deal Brexit. 
things like that, right? That you should be prepared. There is no way a company can react once on, on March 31st, once Brexit happens, then say, hey, oh, now I'm going to think about it. You should have already thought about it. You should already have a process in place. You should already be ready to be able to react to whatever the outcome is going to be. Otherwise, it is going to be too late. So now is the time. And I think, you know, uh, whether, you know, it doesn't matter how big or small you are, you need to have efficiencies and you need to do things effectively. So those are the two things that you need to factor for and, you know, act now. That's, that's so, my, my, you know, if, if I were to say, hey, if you were to give this uh, one big advice, that's my advice. Act now. Yeah. So the, this, it sounds like the cost of reaction is far more than the cost of proactively taking this on and employing services like yours and facing, if, if they're not taking advantage of it, their competitors already are, and they're going to be behind the curve. Exactly. As you know, we have a lot of listeners out there that may be faced with these opportunities that we've been talking about and similar challenges. If they want to reach out to you and get a hold of you or your company, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? We, we again, like, you know, uh, ask, anybody else in today's marketplace we are all over the social media right we, we are uh, very active in linkedin actually you know we recently launched a linkedin group for supply chain and uh, trade compliance professionals uh, but the, the best way to know more about our company is through our website www.gtconnect.com it's a connect with a k g-t-k-o-n-n-e-c-t.com and then in it also leads into a secondary website for the content the product that we recently launched which is the world's first social platform for global trade professionals which is called iConnect plus so between these two websites they will have access to information of all services that we provide and, you know, there are links where they can send us emails and, and you know, to, to reach out to us to take the conversation forward. And as a special bonus to all listeners on this call, I will give out my personal email ID as well. So in case you need to reach out to me, my personal email ID, once again, my name is Anand, A-N-A-N-D, as in David. That's my first name, and my last initial is R. So A-N-A-N-D-R at gtconnect.com is my personal email ID. Should, feel free to shoot me an email, and I would love to take a conversation forward with you, whatever your global trade requirement is going to be. Man, that's a great offer to our listeners, and I, I, I hope he, each and every one of you that are looking at taking advantage of these types of opportunities, reach out. We believe in this. We know that it's a necessity in growing today's businesses and staying in touch with all of the issues that our listeners are faced with. And I really want to thank you for your time and really the knowledge you've shared today. I know as president CEO, you're probably pulled in a thousand different ways each and every day. And for you to step aside and spend this time with our listeners really demonstrates how vested you are in the global trade management space. So Again, I want to thank you personally and really hope you'll join us again at a future date and share some more knowledge. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. And, uh, you know, as opportunities present, I will be more than happy to share whatever little knowledge I've gained over these last few years of working in global trade with your listeners. With that said, I'd also like to thank our listeners for tuning into this episode of Logistically Speaking. I'm Eric Kleinsword saying goodbye till our next episode.
You've been listening to the Logistically Speaking GT podcast. We want to thank all of our astute readers of Global Trade Magazine and thank all of our great advertisers that help make this possible. Remember, you can subscribe and find all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com. We hope you'll return next time for another great episode of Logistically Speaking. And don't forget, globaltrademag.com's daily news and information is ranked number one by Google.